made up my mind to live in All right, as talked about at the top of the program, we usually reserve the beginning of the third segment for doing obituaries. And, of course, the obituary of the week this week has to be the passing of a television institution. David Letterman leaves the airways after 33 years on first NBC, followed by CBS. Uh, interesting story about Mr. Letterman that everyone is, seems to be talking about. And I thought the most logical person we should talk about at Radio Parallax might be someone who himself was once a television weatherman. That's how Dave got his start in Indianapolis and later came west to California. That would be, in our case, Gary Chu, who was not in Indianapolis, but rather in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if my memory serves me correct. So to talk about that, let's uh, say once again, welcome back to Radio Parallax, Gary Chu. Doug, it's been too long, I'll (laughs) tell you. Well, you know what? Uh, David Letterman beat me out by a few dollars being a weatherman, you know, later (laughs) on. Uh, but I've been a long fan of Dave's. and uh, Anything not... is fair game when it comes to Letterman. He's become such an institution. I, uh-huh. I know that uh, it must have been heartwarming for you to see a guy who was doing what you were doing, TV weather that came came uh, west and, and, and did so well. Yeah, it was. Uh, I certainly don't have the quick wit and uh, the humor humorous vein in my mind like Letterman does. Well, who but... among us does, Gary? Well, I, well, um, well there are... Maybe Jay Leno a little bit, John Stewart. You know, I mean, guys that are really made it. You know, pretty much. Letterman and Stewart and Leno are are gone, or uh, Stewart's now. about to go. It's rolling over. But you know, there have been. I, when I was watching Dave the other night with Bill Murray and uh, uh, Bob Dylan singing on the end of his program, uh, he they were talking and the, and the audience was clapping and booing and saying, "Oh, we don't want you to go away. Don't all that yeah. sort of stuff." And people have been talking about, well, what can David Letterman do now. So I've been thinking about that. Okay. And what I've been thinking about would be, and this is great, this is what I would do if I had been David Letterman. I would occasionally pop up doing weather forecasts (laughs) in, say, like Indianapolis, you know, where he's from. Yes. You know, or doing something on the... Uh, CBS Morning News, you know, a little pop in and do a little thing. You know, of course, I'm not sure what his contract thing would be, but, you know, that would be a great thing to kind of keep him going. And another thing, can you imagine how great it would be to see David Letterman do a television commercial in his personality or his shtick and still sell the product? What do you think about that? I can't because it's like even Stan Freeberg made funny commercials, but you had to basically play it straight up, up to a point. And Letterman... There's always that sense that he's just making fun of what he's doing and making fun of showbiz as yeah. he's doing it. And I don't, I don't know how that would translate into a commercial. Well, the ad people would have to be very uh, imaginative and have a wide margin of error there to, to get him. But I certainly bet the people would pay attention to the commercial and even remember the product or service that he would be talking about. Something else he could do is do uh, cameos on movies like Bill Murray movies or or some of the other romantic comedy movies, just have him being a salesman or the soda clerk or, or sort of a, a secondary uh, character in a film. I think he would be very good in something. I would go see Dave do that. You know, I really like that. <laughs> well, I think you're tapping into the, that great sense of, of longing we all have for like, oh, this can't be it. And, and sadly, 22 years ago, when, when Johnny Carson stepped down, he said on his last show that you know he would, he would be certainly willing to come back for the right 
I, I don't know how he phrased it, sort of the right venue. He'd be happy to come back mm-hmm. for it. But but sadly, he never found any such thing. He, that really was the last we ever saw of Johnny Carson. Yeah, Johnny just, just shut the curtain. Uh, and, you know, and I, I Johnny Carson I loved as well. Well, you and Still me do. both. You know, I love to see some of his old clips from time to time. You know, I remember the, the, the great heyday for me is when, when Carson was getting toward the end, and you knew there would be, you know, he wouldn't be around too much longer. He put into, a, into the, um, the chair the three guys that were sort of the, the potential candidates to replace him, Gary Shandling, Jay Leno, and David Letterman. And, of course, when he did was getting near retirement, he brought each of them on and said, I want you to know that you were my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, those there's just nothing like it. The stature, I think, of those three guys. Leno Shandling went on to do uh, possibly the funniest thing ever on television. I think. I agree. Uh, the, the Larry Sanders show. Oh God, that was funny. That is really funny. That show just knocks me out. With, of course, his uh, his sidekick and that that show is he's he's great. I like to see him in any kind of a movie. Ripped oh yes. Yeah, God, he was funny. In that he was show. wonderful. But uh, the thing about Shandling's show, I mean, it was it was showing the back the backstage, what was going on behind the scenes to produce oh, yeah. a show like that. And I think anyone who's ever been involved, uh, well, I can't say for television, I, I, unlike you, but I, 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 everyone I've talked to says it absolutely rings true. You know, it's like playing to the wings, I guess you might say, because Rip was always in the wings watching the monitor. <laughs> he never was actually on camera very much right. in the show. But I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe old broadcasters just like something like that. The Shandling show, I just... I couldn't believe how good it was the first time I saw it. it Absolutely. Just me out. And the thing about Letterman, I think that's, that if people are talking about, is that he would just get outside the fact that people are reading off of cue cards, and he would actually turn it around and actually work the cue card boy in, into the entertainment. So he'd be playing off the guy. The camera would go to him. He'd have the stage hands bits Biff Henderson and his people come out, and he made the people that were participating in the show. He brought them out to openly show this is how it works. Which was, which was extraordinary. What he's doing and what he, like he did with the other night on his next to last show with a guy who has, runs the Hello Deli next door to his theater there. Yeah, Rupert G., yeah. Really, that's really great stuff. But, you know, we've got to pay homage to a guy who really started that stuff, and that was Mr. Steve Allen. Yes, indeed. Letterman himself has said he was watching Steve Allen as a boy thinking, like, I need to do that someday, and mm-hmm. by God, he did. Steve Allen, you know, he had the Louis Nine, all these people out on the street, you know, just playing like they weren't who they were. <laughs> Don Knotts. Always. Yeah. yeah, Don Knotts. Oh, man. The world's Funny. most nervous tightrope walker. <laughs> <laughs> and then occasionally Steve would get behind the piano and play a great tune. You know, he's a good piano player, too. Yes, he was. I really liked Steve. And uh, I, Jack Parr was a little drier, but he was very esoteric and interesting. And I, I remember I was pretty young man when Parr was on the air, and then, of course, I was very fond of Dick Cavett, too. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, he- heroes of mine all. I mean, we're huge fans of Jack Parr and, and, and Steve Allen, and this tradition, you know, was even passed to Jay Leno. I mean, there, there were people that just made this late-night uh, entertainment work. Although, I have to say, Gary, David Letterman, I would always watch it for the comedy, because that was the brilliant part of the show. When he sat down to interview people... Mm-hmm. The knock on him was he really wasn't very interested in talking to people, and, and I think it always did show. <laughs> he, he, was, he was wanting to be funny. Yes, he wanted to be funny, but the talk the show didn't allow you to be funny for a full hour. There was always sort of a wink going on with the audience of, like, isn't this, isn't this usual showbiz yeah. crap? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, he had that study hall sparkle in his eye like he was 14 years old, but <laughs> nothing more on the study hall teacher. I love that. 
Well, Gary, I'm sure that, uh, you know, this is a very sad occasion for you as it is for me. But, you know, time does march on. And I hope that, as you say, that unlike Johnny Carson, we have not yet seen the last of David Letterman. No, I think he would do great on doing a guest shot on the Big Bang Theory on CBS, too. I hope it happens. Like Bob Newhart does occasionally. Yeah. Or did. Yeah. Cross our fingers. Once in a while. Gary Chu, always a pleasure. Come back soon. Okay, Doug, thank you. Bye. It's useless to say So I'll just live my life In dreams of yesterday Those happy hours All right, we've got about three or four minutes left, and I think I want to fill it up talking a little bit more about Mr. Letterman. He pretty much became a household name in America circa 1982 with his NBC show, Late Night with David Letterman. But for a year or two prior to that, uh, a smaller subset of Americans was aware of Mr. Letterman, having watched his daytime television program. And having seen him on The Tonight Show, where on his first appearance, he killed... Letterman was to say many years later that had to be the high point of his life. He never felt so completely satisfied with his existence as after going on to The Tonight Show and being invited over to sit at the desk with Johnny. A favor bestowed on a fairly small subset of comics. Naturally, a much smaller subset of America was aware of David Letterman in the late 70s when he was making appearances on The Mary Tyler Moore Show and batting around Hollywood trying to do some writing work. It is my great pleasure to note that I was in that smaller subset of Americans aware of David Letterman circa 1978. While in the process of applying to medical school, I was down in the Los Angeles area, interview at USC, as I recall it. And while down there, a friend from Santa Rosa, who was already enrolled at USC, uh, had me accompany him out to the comedy store. We saw a pretty good comic that night. His name was Jay Leno. He made an impression because, well, he was awfully good. The headliner, on the other hand, absolutely killed, causing me to turn to Brian and say, remember this guy's name because he is going places, David Letterman. I was floored by a couple of his jokes, which I promptly committed to memory. And not coincidentally, this was the same joke that Norm MacDonald told on one of the last late-night programs, although, truthfully, MacDonald got it wrong, I, I think. But uh, another friend of mine, Robin Murray, was in a really rarefied elite of having known about David Letterman back in the days when he was an Indianapolis TV weatherman. Robin said that she and her pals used to herb up, you might say, and then watch Letterman's antics, which to this day are somewhat legendary. Letterman would report on the weather in fictitious towns. He congratulated a tropical storm once for being upgraded to a hurricane and uh, made a report on some impending bad weather by predicting hail the size of canned hams. I always thought it was curious that Letterman's wife, back in the Indianapolis days, who had faith in him and insisted that, insisted that they could pack up the car and move out to Los Angeles and make a go of it, fell victim of, well, the opportunities that soon presented themselves to Dave. Letterman said later, I behaved badly, and alluded to the fact that he's probably going to burn in hell for what he did to that woman, his first wife, who, by odd coincidence, was selling real estate right here in my neighborhood in East Sacramento, not... 15 or 20 years ago. 
I'm very sorry I never got to go to the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York and see a taping of either of Letterman's shows, but I'll forever be grateful for the fact that I was kind of there on the ground floor and seeing what he was and, and might soon become. And I guess I'll close with a couple of jokes I remember from that very night. Said the young, upcoming David Letterman, Some of the things I see when I'm driving around kind of confuse me. I drove by a cleaners and saw a sign on the outside that said, One Hour Martinizing. And I wondered to myself, what the hell is that? I mean, do you ever say to a guy, Hey, nice shirt. Martinized? And the joke that Norm MacDonald did a version of, which was basically, Then I'm driving around and I see a sign on the back of a garbage truck. It says, This truck makes frequent stops. Do not follow. And you know, I said to myself, that's just another example of a government interference with individual freedom. And four decades later, that's still making me and Norm MacDonald laugh, and I hope it does you too. That about does it. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. We're going to do our level best for next week's program to bring you David Talbot, the founder of Salon.com. He's been a great guest on this program twice before, talking about his book, Brothers, and also about his book, Devil Dog, the story of General Smedley Butler. In this case, we're going to speak with him about The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles, the CIA, and the rise of America's secret government. It's New Year's Eve. Be careful out there tonight. There's a lot of knuckleheads on the road. It's especially important you not be one of the knuckleheads. And we do want to note in closing that you may want to check out tomorrow on Turner Classic Movies, the 1951 classic, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. And we close by noting Klautu, Barada Nikto. Michael Randy was ill the day the earth stood still. But he told us where we stand. And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a celluloid jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space and this is how the message ran.